I love that. I just, I wanted to share that because I feel as, gosh, as women, you know, sometimes we are just crying inside and yet trying to show the world that we're laughing and, and sometimes we're just a little bit tired, are we not? As we begin, I want to share a, just a, a great message of God's goodness in the midst of whatever you're going through today, whatever is going on in your life, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord, your God, is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. This is the word of the Lord. Would you bow in a word of prayer? Lord, you know what's going on in each of our lives. You know who of us here are Rejoicing because of just some recent blessings, you know who of us here have a heavy heart. You know what is going to happen to each one of us later on today and tomorrow. And God, we give you thanks for the precious promises and the commands that you give us in the word. And we pray in the next few moments, wherever we are, that we would be drawn closer to you that we would hear your singing over us, and that whatever our circumstances, it would give us great joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. So um, I'm just kind of curious, who here remembers the typewriter? (laughs) I actually took typing in high school. And does anybody remember carbon paper? You never remember that? And you're like, sometimes you'd have three together. And if you made a mistake, you know, you had to correct. I worked in a law office when I was in college, and oh my goodness. I mean, think how it's changed. I mean, think about the computer today compared to the typewriter. Things, Things have changed. And I'm just wondering, what are some of the things that have changed in your lifetime? Just, what's that? Nothing. Okay, well, some move on. What has changed? Cell phones, yes! I spoke to your young moms recently, and we we talked about the phones and the social media and everything and how that has affected every part of our lives. Someone else? Childbirth. Childbirth. Yes, it is still happening though, right? Yeah. (laughs) Childbirth, that's right. Epidural. What's that? Big changes, yes. Mm -hmm. Pictures, yeah. Get out of my way. Go ahead. A way of cooking a meal. You're no longer going out and hunting down the chicken. That's right. You know, just go to Stater Brothers. Music has changed. And the way we play it. Yeah. Self-driving cars. I can barely drive my own car. I can't imagine being in a car that drives itself. Anyone else? What's that? Books. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, my daughter-in-law and son still go to the library. I, I do everything on my Kindle, but yeah, it's all changed. Well, when I was growing up, I'm the youngest of four daughters, and we had one telephone, and it did not fit in your pocket or your purse. It, it, was, it was connected to a wall in our kitchen. We did not have a, a, a recording machine, uh, and the way we worked it is when you made a phone call, first of all, everybody heard everything you were saying. And we had, we had to set a timer for 10 minutes. And we could talk for 10 minutes and we had to get off because with four teenagers in the house, of course. I mean, times have changed, have they not? 
Uh, today we'll, oh, and think about, uh, I mean, how many channels did we have? Three. What were they? Yeah. I mean, it's just changed because now there's just, there, there's everything. Um, now consider, it is estimated that 90% of all the items in the supermarket today did not even exist 10 years ago. And, and think about this. A lot of people don't even shop in grocery stores anymore. I mean, we have supermarket, Walmart, Target, and now people can have it delivered to their home. That, that's a big change. More information has been produced in the last 30 years than in the last 5,000 years. It is estimated that 50% of graduates today are going into jobs that did not exist when they were born. When our nation was birthed, the life expectancy was 38 years. Uh, People worked an average uh, 72 hours a week and made a median income of $300 a year. Oftentimes, we don't like change. You know, even if whatever's going on in our life isn't good, sometimes we have kind of that attitude of, I'm more comfortable with the devil I know than what I don't know. I've heard it put this way. My great-grandfather rode a horse but was afraid of a train. My grandfather rode a train but was afraid of a car. My father rode in a car but was afraid of an airplane. I ride in an airplane but I'm afraid of a horse. I mean, that's making a full circle. The rate of change is so great today that we begin to ask, is there anything that is abiding? Is there anything that we can stand upon? One, oh, I did want to say one change. Now, change is not always bad. Has anybody been to the new Trader Joe's? Okay, I just want to tell you, they didn't even need to redo Trader Joe's because this was my perspective. This is my perspective on Trader Joe's. People should not bring 10 of their immediate family to Trader Joe's with them. People should be allowed one family member with them, okay? I just, it would have solved their problem, but don't you love the new Trader Joe's? So that's a change. So not all change is bad, is it? I mean, I love the new Trader Joe's. I stopped in there just real quick uh, the day before Thanksgiving, and suddenly I saw 49 things I needed. Big change in my life and my pocketbook. Change is not always bad, but it can be scary, Changes come with age. Anybody here felt the pull of gravity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's three of us in this room that are honest, praise the Lord. Yeah. The rest of you need to work on that, obeying the Bible. Uh, someone has said, don't stress about your eyesight failing as you get older. It is God's way of protecting you from the shock when you look in the mirror. <laughs> I love that, you know. But there's, a, you know, change in job. There can be change in status and finances, change in relationships. Um, and, and even if the, the changes aren't necessarily bad, it can cause fear and worry, stress, anxiety. I mean, we're dealing with the unknowns. Uh, talked to two different people uh, today, this morning. One, big change in job. The second, in health. Struggles, changes, storms that come unexpectedly. Someone has said that we are always in one of three places. We are either on our way out of a storm, we're in the midst of the storm, or we're about to head in. The scripture says in Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I love this passage with that God will be with us, but the hard part is that it says when, not if. When this happens, when the stormy changes come into our life, when the struggles, when the unexpected. We're going to talk about this morning is this. Change is inevitable, but obedience is a choice. Change is inevitable. We can't stop it. But we can choose how we respond. Think for a moment of a teenage girl in Nazareth. The excitement of planning for her wedding. I mean, she's going to marry a hard-working, righteous, God-fearing man. And then suddenly, she notices that her body is beginning to change. Think of what else would change in Mary's life. People's opinion, the wagging tongues. She lived in a day and age where even the hint of promiscuity could cause you to be thrown out, stoned. She didn't know how it was going to all work out. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. <laughs> Great. But could you give me a little bit more detail? <laughs> How's it all going to work? What's Joseph going to think? What are my parents going to... You know, we don't see anything about what her parents thought. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. See, change is inevitable. But how we respond is a choice. She could have let fear become her comfort blanket, but she chose to trust in the Lord and to sing praises to his holy name. Now now think of a man who got up each day working with his hands. He was able to fix things with his hands, repair things. And life, life was pretty uncomplicated for him. He had a job, and, and he was engaged to, to sweet Mary. I mean, the, the future was bright but then things began to change and he who could fix things couldn't fix it anymore he found out that gentle Mary was with child and he knew it wasn't from him the birth of Jesus came about this way after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. You know, at that point, 
he hadn't had a, had a dream. He didn't know what was going on. But we see the compassion and the kindness in this man that he was given an incredible situation and he chose kindness and compassion. He could have chosen to judge her, accuse her, banish her, divorce or even have her stoned. But he met it with compassion and grace because his faith, you know, we talked about, Tim talked about Bible study, Bible studies, Bible studiers. Betsy said exegete, exegete, exegete. But it's more than that. It's living it out. It's taking what we study and putting it into daily practice. Not just saying, I believe I'm supposed to be compassionate and kindness in the face of a situation that I don't understand, but actually doing it. See, Joseph didn't just recite some Bible passages here. He lived it. But God intercedes. An angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream and says to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph believed. This is an act of faith. In the midst of a situation he couldn't understand, just because an angel appears to you in a dream doesn't mean suddenly you understand it all. That was just the very beginning of like, I don't know what in the heck's going on. I don't know how we're going to handle this. I, I don't know what we're going to do with those, those hors d'oeuvres we've been making for the wedding. I mean, his life was turned upside down. Change was inevitable. But in the midst of all the unknowns, They chose obedience, the path of faith. And the significance of what Joseph did cannot be overstated. There was a moment when the entirety of God's messianic plan rested in the hands of a carpenter, a man who was simple. He was completely free to accept or reject, but he obeyed. See, change is inevitable, women of God. But obedience will always be a choice. So your life, your situation, your church, I mean, this Sunday, uh, First Timothy is going to be preaching his final sermon, and hasn't God been good to you with, with a godly man? And that, yeah, you have it. And you'll have a big change. You're going to be having a new pastor. You know, changes happen. This community has changed incredibly. Our world has changed incredibly. We cannot stop it. But we can choose in the midst of it to trust God. And not be so afraid of change as fearing disobeying God. There were two construction workers. They'd taken a lunch break and opened up their lunch boxes. One of them looked inside his box and said, not bologna again. I can't believe it. I hate bologna. This is the third time this week I've had bologna. I hate bologna. The other one said, then why don't you just ask your wife to make you something different? He replied, I don't have a wife. I made these myself. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, we, we don't want to change, right? I, mean, I, I, I don't really like bologna. Actually, I love bologna, by the way. Uh, but at least I know it. Well, let's talk about change because change is inevitable. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going to be going through. God does. Omniscient God knows. 
But we have a choice on whether or not we can obey, whether or not we can live out what we have been taught in the scriptures. When we have memorized the word and when we have studied in our small groups, whether we take that and say, yes, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And so the first challenge would be, and this is not, none of these are rocket science, you guys. You're going to go, really? That's what she's telling us? Yeah, because, I mean, the scripture, 66 books of the Bible, it's very clear. This is it. This is, there's, Genesis to Revelation, there's one message in the scripture, and it's two words. Can I tell you what it is? Did you guys know that? There's two words that sum up 66 books of the Bible. It is this, trust me. God says, trust me. From Genesis to Revelation, trust me. Trust me with your life. Trust me with your changes. Trust me with your salvation. Trust me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not divided. Lean not on your own understanding. You know what it's like at night when you lay down and you start thinking about, I'm leaning on my own understanding. Not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Those are commands. And then it's tied to this promise. And he will direct our paths. And he will make straight our paths. We have an enemy. We, We have our flesh. We have our own temptation. We also have an enemy, Satan, who is a liar. And he speaks lie language. His number one desire is to get us to doubt the trustworthiness of God. It started in the garden when he said, you really think God would keep something from you? They begin to doubt the trustworthiness of this God who had created them. 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind. Be vigilant because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. He is the father of lies. He speaks lie language and he seeks to get us to believe that in the midst of the changes, God has forgotten us. God cannot be trusted. And when we stand on the word of God, not just in our head, but in the way we live and, and, and the way we, we, we speak, the, the way we live out our faith, We are fighting the good fight of faith, obeying the commands and standing on the promises. He says, trust me. And you know, all the commands, all the promises are tied to commands. If you do this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. Command, command, command. And he will direct your path. See, we need to obey the commands. And then we stand on the promises. It is how we fight the good fight of faith. Say, Satan, get behind me. If God be for me, who or what can be against me? Amen? Amen? What have I to fear? If God be for me, who or what can be against me? When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son. And he named him Jesus, as he was commanded. He obeyed. We trust the Lord in the midst of all the changes, all the unknowns. And I don't have a crystal ball, but I will tell you that every single one of us are going to face changes. We are going to find out good news, and we're going to find out hard news. Most of that we can't change. Our choice is how are we 
going to deal with it? With faith or with worry and anxiety and concern and wringing our hands and deciding, no, I'm not going to go there because I don't know what God is calling me to do. Johnny Erickson Tata, I don't know if you know who she is. She was um, paralyzed in a a diving accident when she was young. Uh, She would paint with her, with just her mouth, you know, do so I don't know if you know her or not, but she's just been a, giving glory to God since it happened. Christian author and evangelist. Um, she uh, was uh, diagnosed to undergo uh, cancer surgery this past Monday. It was her second diagnosis of cancer. And it's one moment you're going about your business, and the next you've run headlong into an immovable object. And you recoil and you say, this can't be happening. But it just did, she said. When I received the unexpected news of cancer from my surgeon, I relaxed and I smiled, knowing that my sovereign God loves me dearly and holds me tightly in his hands. What good is it if only we only trust the Lord when we understand his ways? That only guarantees a life filled with doubts. She doesn't know her prognosis, but she knows her God. And if God be for us, who or what can be against us? God is good and compassionate and gracious. When we are hit with significant life-altering changes, we have a choice. And again, I'd love to to speak with you all today as you have been immersed in the Word of God and as, as Tim challenged you to be in the Word of God. But ultimately, it's how we live that out. Whether or not we choose to obey what we filled our head with. That we say yes to the Lord and no to the things of the world and Satan. We can walk in obedience and joy and faith in the midst of seemingly insurmountable challenges when we stand on the word. Psalm 119, I've buried your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. Amen. Come on. Wait, wait here. There's coffee out there. Should we take a break? So one of the things I'm doing now is I'm a chaplain with hospice. And uh, just this last week, I was in a room with a woman, a Christian woman, and she's totally out of it. Alzheimer's, different things. Open Psalm 23. Begin to read. The Lord is my shepherd. She opened her eyes. She kept her eyes open through Psalm 23, Psalm 121 in prayer. And then she closed her eyes. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is powerful. It has the power to make us into women who stand strong when we trust in the living, holy, righteous God who has called and redeemed us. He makes no mistakes. So the first is trusting in the Lord. So with every decision, every struggle you come to, you say, Lord, what does your word say? I don't understand how that could possibly work, but I'm going to obey it because you're God. You've never failed me yet. Number two, and again, this is not rocket science, find the good and praise it. Betsy, last week I'm talking to her and saying, well, you know, what do you want me to talk about? Because, you know, it's the end, you know, Thanksgiving was last week and Christmas and I'm kind of in between. Should I just like do a generic? She goes, no, can I combine them? Do like a Christmas and a Thanksgiving. I'm like, okay, hey, thanks, Betsy. So we did the Christmas part, Mary, Joseph. Now we're going to do a little bit of the Thanksgiving part, okay? Because for followers of Jesus Christ, Thanksgiving is not just the fourth Thursday of November, but it's a lifestyle. It is a command. 
And I love what Mary said. Mary responded, oh, how I praise the Lord. How I rejoice in God, my Savior. In the midst of all the unknowns, God had not given her a roadmap. God hadn't said, this is how it's all going to work out. Oh, and by the way, he will rise again on the third day. No, she didn't know any of that. It's your life is going to change radically. And you have a choice, Mary, to obey or not. Oh, how I praise the Lord. How I rejoice in God, my Savior. Mary would submit herself to the Lord, even though she did not understand it all. You've heard the passage uh, from 2 Thessalonians 5, uh, 17 and 18, um, rejoicing in the Lord, and it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. What is your will, Lord? Show me. What lottery ticket should I buy? No, he doesn't say that. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, uh, I was with a, a woman the other day. She's in her 80s. She's taken care of herself all her life, and she has cancer. And she's in bed now, and she goes, it's really hard. She goes, I don't understand that passage. How can I give thanks for this? And we read this passage together, and I said, well, he's not saying you have to give thanks that you have cancer and you're stuck in bed. That's not what this scripture is saying. It doesn't say give thanks for but in, in, that there's always something to give thanks for because there's a very good, good God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He is a good and a faithful God. We don't always understand. I mean, I, 99% of the time I don't understand. 98% of the time I do think I understand until I realize I don't really understand. You know, that's life. But give thanks in all circumstances. So maybe you've heard this story before. Um, There's a story of a man who was shipwrecked, and he's on an island in the middle of the ocean, and the wreckage from his ship washed onto shore, and so with that he was able to build a a hut, and uh, he was able to plant some seeds and have a garden. And every day he would get down on his knees, and he would say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what, what you've provided me with. And God, would you please rescue me? And one day he's walking off, um, I don't know, hunting or something, and he looks back where his hut is and he sees billows of smoke. And he runs back and it's, it's all burned down. Everything to the ground. And he falls onto his knees and he cries out to God and he says, Why, God? Why? About an hour later, sailors come onto the island and rescue him. And he says, how did you find me? And they said, it was the smoke. It was the smoke. I love that story because in the midst of what is so hard, we don't get it. All we can see is the hard stuff. Lean not on your own understanding. Because my understanding sees all the things that are going to be tough and hard. God says, I have not forgotten you. I am the mighty Lord, and I will sing over you. He's a good, good, faithful God. It's also a story of a woman who had just lovely hair, gorgeous hair, and she woke up one morning and she only had three strands. She goes, oh my goodness, I think I'll braid my hair today. (laughs) Wakes up the next morning, she's only got two strands of hair. She goes, you know what, I think I'm going to wear pigtails today. Next day she wakes up, one strand. You know what, I'm putting my hair in a ponytail today. Next day, she wakes up, she's bald, bald as a cue ball. She goes, oh, I ain't 
goodness, I was so tired of always playing with my hair. You know, it's how we choose to look at circumstances that we can find the good and praise it. Find the good and praise it. I don't have a lot of time, but I'll just tell you a little bit about the change in my life. Um, I, uh, I had felt, I was pastor at First Presbyterian Church at Covina. Uh, our family was there for 26 years. I was head of staff for 16 years. And uh, for the last couple of years, I really felt it was time to move on. And I, I kept, you know, pressing into God. And he kept saying, no, Betsy was all a part of this. She's uh, been a good friend to me during this. And God just kept saying no. But I just kept feeling it was time and, and I was ready. And uh, one night, uh, the family was home and we're all sitting around. And our son says to me, Mom, um, I think you just need to set a date. And as a family, we decided June, June of this past year. So here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. I, a lot of people say to me now that I'm not at the church, how's retirement? And I'm like, excuse me, I'm not that old. Okay, I am not retired. I have, I'm working. Um, but I didn't know what I was going to do. So anyway, that happened on a Sunday night. Monday I was leaving for Pennsylvania to do some training with ECO. And that week, after we had set the date, three doors opened to working in our denomination as a consultant and a coach that I hadn't even known about. And then the next week I started a chaplaincy at USC and applied in March and was hired on the spot and God's opened doors. But it's been scary because see, when I was at the church, and I love the church, I, I just, I absolutely love the church. This will be the first Christmas Eve in 26 years, minus one, sun, one Christmas we weren't there. Fulton Lytle preached for me in 26 years that our family won't be at Christmas Eve service. That's weird. Easter. Big part of our life. And yet God has been so faithful. And I think about it, I, I miss it in so many ways, and yet I don't. God has just been so good, but it has been a point in my life when I thought I had already arrived at my Christian faith. And, you know, I was kind of in and had it all, where God was saying no. There's going to be some changes in your life, and I'm calling you to trust me. And I'm not saying it's all been clean and neat, and every day I stand up and praise the Lord, here I am. Sometimes it's like, Lord, what are you doing? But I can guarantee you, God has been faithful. One of the things that's changed, um, so on one of my last Sundays, they did a little farewell for me, and they did a video of the 26 years our family was there, and, you know, from, gosh. Anyway, at the end, our son stood up to uh, do the pastoral prayer, and he goes, well, you just watched a montage of 26 years of my mother's hairstyle and the color of her hair. <laughs> Some things. Uh, hear God's word, because things are going to change in your life. I don't know how. And it, it could all change for the better. I, you know, I, But here's the one thing that God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word, God's character, God's purpose never changes. Things at the church can change, things in our community, things in the world, God never changes. Jeremiah 31, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Psalm 33, his plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. Isaiah 40, the word of God shall stand forever. God's love, God's truth, God's purposes for my life and your life are never going to change. That's what we focus on. 
God remains the same. Malachi 3, six. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ecclesiastes 11.5, just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things and does all things well. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm 32.8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. How do we stay obedient during the stormy times? How do we stay obedient when we don't know how we're going to pay the rent? When somebody we love walks out? When we're estranged from somebody? When we hear that diagnosis we have prayed so hard against? We stand upon the immovable foundation of a holy God who will never leave us, who will never forsake us. Everything else can change, but God and his word remain. He is faithful, he is able, and he is good. Three years ago, um, Betsy Strader and I drove up, it was about three years ago this, past, this next weekend, Betsy and I drove up to Morrow Bay Presbyterian Church to talk with the session and the pastor about um, leaving the PCUSA and coming into ECO. And we had dinner with Dale Pearson and uh, his wife that night. Well, a week ago Sunday, he stood before his congregation and he shared that after I don't know if it was 24, 26 years, he would be stepping down as their beloved pastor. And that night he was on a short walk near his home, and he was struck by a drunk driver and killed. I mean, think about it. His wife, his children's lives changed forever. On November 4th, this past November 4th, not even a month before this unexpected tragedy, he preached a sermon called God's Peace, Your Peace. Paulson described a recent trip with his siblings, a brother and three sisters, to Davenport, Iowa, where all of them had been born. On the last night of the trip, they gathered to pray as a family. Paulson said mostly about their brother, who was battling stage four prostate cancer. But the brother instead said he would pray for Paulson and the rest of the family to give them strength in the face of their coming trials and tribulations. Dale Paulson said, my brother at the age of 64 is a tremendous peace in the face of death, all because he knows Jesus and Jesus has put his peace within him, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Then Paulson offered this advice to his congregation, again, not knowing what would happen in just a few weeks. He said to the sheep of his flock, I would say to you all this morning, if you are facing some sort of crisis, some kind of difficulty, you're facing a stressful situation and you think there's no way you're going to survive, there's no way you're going to get through this, I encourage you to turn to Jesus. He may not answer the prayer you would like to be answered. He may not give you what you want, but he will give you his peace in the face of it all and he will get you through it. No matter what you have to get through, he will get you through the darkest storm. Amen. Amen. 
During World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from its unit on, Pacific, on a Pacific island. The fighting had been intense, and in the smoke and the crossfire, the soldier had lost touch with his comrades. Alone in the jungle, he could hear enemy soldiers coming in his direction. Scrambling for cover, he found his way up a high ridge to several small caves in the rock. Quickly, he crawled inside one of the caves. Although safe for a moment, he realized that once the enemy soldiers uh, looking for him swept up the ridge, he would quickly be found in the cave, and he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed, Lord, if it be your will, please, please protect me. But whatever your will, I love you. I trust you, and I want to be obedient. Amen. After praying, he lay quietly listening to the enemy begin to draw close. And he thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this. And then he saw something strange. He saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. And as he watched, listening to the enemy searching for him all the while, the spider laid strand after strand of web across the opening of the cave. Ha, <laughs> he thought, what I need is a brick wall, and what the Lord has sent me is a spider web. God has a sense of humor. As the enemy drew closer, he watched from the darkness of his hideout and could see them searching one cave after another. As they came to his, he got ready to make his last stand. But to his amazement, after glancing in the direction of his cave, they moved on. Suddenly he realized that with the spider web over the entrance, his cave looked as if no one had entered for quite a while. Lord, forgive me, he prayed. I had forgotten that with you a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. We all face tough times. We all face storms. We all face choices every single day. I want to encourage you not just to study the Bible, but to put it in your heart and to obey it. When we put it in our heart and we have a decision, God will then speak to us, that still, small voice, and we will have a choice. Am I going to obey or am I going to doubt? You know, if you um, are in need and you go to a bank and you say, um, you know, I'd like to withdraw $10,000, and they say, okay, Mrs. Messenger, and then they, wait, (laughs) you've never deposited $10,000 in this account. (laughs) See, that often happens with the Word of God because we have not deposited it. But depositing it is not enough just to be in the bank somewhere but to live it out. I want to encourage you with that to trust the Lord in all things, to be in his word daily and to say, okay, what is God telling me in this situation? And he will never contradict his word. He will never speak differently than what his word has to say. I don't care who tells you what. He's always faithful to this word. And then find the good and praise it. Find the good and praise it. Your life is hard, but God is good. You're going through a tough time, and yet God in his mercy has the sun come up, just as he promised. I don't know what season you're in, but we have a God who made the seasons. We don't experience them as much here in Southern California, but it's part of his plan and his purpose. He is the one unchanging, holy truth. And I pray for all of us, myself as well, that we would be grounded in that living joyful lives, living lives that give glory to God no matter what is going on, that we would be like Mary and we would say, I am your servant. May it be as you said. Would you bow in a word of prayer? 
Gracious Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word that we can go to over and over and again. And as much as, as, as this uh, world preaches different things to us, God, help us to come back to your word, to be women who, again, aren't just knowledgeable in the word. Don't just stand up and teach on it, but God, that we would be women who live it. We would be women who shine forth your truth, that our families would see it, that our neighbors would see it, that every single person we come across would see you alive, living through us. And God, that whatever struggle we go through, that we would remember that you are a good, good God, that you are faithful and you are compassionate. You never leave nor forsake your children. Blessed be your holy name. Amen. Well, thank you so much.